brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome. Welcome, traders. Welcome to another broadcast or episode of Live Trading Talk with Oliver Velez. My name is Oliver Velez, of course, and I am your trader for life. Well, I'd like to welcome all of you once again and thank you for tuning in. I have not been able to conduct the broadcast or the show over the last several weeks due to a heavy travel schedule throughout Latin America and that might continue for the next several months uh, before we get on a really truly regular every Wednesday at 4.30 Eastern Time schedule but I do have every intention of making up each one of those missed broadcasts because at the end of the year it is my goal to have at least 52 episodes or broadcasts of Live Trading Talk with Oliver Velez. I thank you very much for your support. The numbers for the radio show continue to grow. The downloads of the radio show's app in the iTunes store and the Google Play store uh, continue to rise. Your messages continue to be very warm and encouraging and all of those things really, really help very extraordinarily for me. Um, it takes a lot of work and effort to put this show together. There's obviously costs involved, but it is something that is very, very dear to my heart. And it's very dear to my heart for a number of reasons. First of all, this show allows me a platform that does not exist in any other social network or item that I really use. It gives me the ability to express what I believe, my thoughts, my ideas on trading the markets and life in general in a more thorough way. Society today has become somewhat of a sound bite society. Our news is all sound, sound bites. Uh, social media and the way it has forced us to communicate in many ways encourages just sound bites. Twitter allows 147 characters per message. Um, if, if a thought or an expression is too, too long uh, or too thoroughly expressed, let's say on a Facebook post, then no one's going to read it. <laughs> if a news program focuses on one specific topic too long, no one's going to tune in. We've become a soundbite society. But I believe that what that has done is that has created a void, a void that 
is growing and a void that in many respects people are craving to be filled with something of quality something that is more thorough than a soundbite something that with some meat on it something that can touch the soul you see a soundbite can't touch the inner depths of your intellect soundbites can't go deep into your heart soundbites can't resonate with something that pumps through your veins for lack of a better phrase um, we want our fibers to be touched and the soundbite world or the movement to a soundbite oriented world has created this void and so whenever um, there is something that resonates with you at a deeper level whenever there is something beyond a soundbite that gives you an aha moment whenever there's something with quality that goes beyond 147 characters touches the inner depths of your your feelings your psyche uh, your soul um, this becomes something really really very very special in today's society because it happens so frequently now and this radio show believe it or not gives me the ability to at least do that with my traders it is what it is largely designed to communicate with my traders all over the world in just a different format we have a variety of ways where I tackle different trading oriented subjects and this is just one medium through which we do this but it's a great medium it's it's one of the more relaxing mediums where if you can't make the show live and participate with me live um, if you can't make the show live and participate with me live thank you very much my sound was a bit low I hope that's a little bit better okay if you can't participate with me live then um, you know this show should basically be another way for you to you know receive the the content in an archived fashion so that's a great uh a benefit of the show as well but you can also banter with me throughout the show and it's in a and it's in a slightly more relaxed format than some of our more formal meetings with specific topics and things of that nature so I'm hoping that the sound has been improved at this particular point. I'm really, I really apologize about that. So that's one of the, the ways, that's one of the reasons why this radio show is very dear to my heart. It allows me to go beyond the soundbite-oriented world that we have available to us at this particular point and tackle topics in a, in a far more deeper way. This radio show also gives me the ability to have you know me better. And speaking directly to my traders specifically, knowing your mentor and knowing your guide, in some respects, some of you consider me your hero, knowing that person more intimately does some very wonderful things. Uh, there's a deeper connection between us that might develop. Um, a stronger bond, a greater respect, um, and more encouragement, and a deeper friendship all, all, all along. So 
the show is very special in that regard. Its main purpose, however, is to tackle topics that books do not want to touch. This show is designed to take on some very important things to traders that no interviews want to deal with. That the myriad services that want to sell you something trading related don't want to talk about these things because they don't sell products. These things don't promote a blind buying of things that we tackle here. Let's take the topic today, which is the hardships of trading. What book wants to really focus on the hardships of trading? What interview of a person who's trying to sell you something wants to deal with the notion that you are likely to fail? Anyone who is attempting to have you do something for their benefit, for their financial benefit in this industry. These entities, these people, these structures, these organizations don't want to tackle certain topics that need to be tackled as a trader if you ever hope to reach the shores of mastery. And this radio show in particular was developed specifically to tackle the topics that no one really wants to tackle. So today, we're going to do exactly that. We're going to tackle one of the topics or deal with and discuss together one of the topics that no one really wants to tell you, that there is a 92% failure rate in the trading world. And I actually believe that is somewhat generous. Now, you'll hear different statistics, but I, I'm okay accepting the 92% rate, which means that there's an 8% eight of the people who ever attempt to do this seriously. I'm not talking about a hobby. I'm not talking about occasionally dabbling in the markets. I'm not talking about the, the armchair investor who sits down on a Friday evening after dinner and looks at a copy of an old, outdated copy of the Wall Street Journal to find out where his mutual funds are. I'm not talking about that part of the world. I'm talking about someone who has eagerly opened up a Forex trading account or in a stock trading account or a futures account or has decided to dabble in options or has decided to go into the, the dirty world of, 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 of cheap penny stocks for a living to attempt. I'm talking about the individuals that have some type of aspiration to do this seriously almost every single day and hopefully get to the point where it is the only thing they do. I'm talking about the individuals who have been touched or bitten by the bug of freedom and financial independence. There is nothing that exists as a human endeavor in this world that offers the level of freedom and independence that trading has or delivers, or offers, that you are entitled to trade whenever you want to, wherever you want to. You can do this activity without any employees, without an office, 
with simply a laptop computer and an internet connection, you can travel the four corners of planet Earth and be in business and, and fairly never and rarely ever miss a beat. There is nothing that you can do as a human endeavor that offers that level of freedom and the ability to make in minutes more than people make in months. This is a grand activity, but it has a 92% failure rate, which means that 8% of the people who do it seriously, and these are the people that I deal with, the, this is my world, okay? Not the casual participants. My world is focused on those who want to or desire to be a member of what I call the eight percenters, right? But no one really wants to talk about this fact that it's such a high failure rate. And those who do are discouraging in their message. The ones who do reveal the fact that the failure rate is so high are the ones trying to discourage you. The ones, the unbelievers, the people who believe that trading is a scam, the people who believe that you can't beat the market, that you can't make money trading short term, that the only way to make money occasionally is to, to basically play the Rip Van Winkle approach to the markets. That's where you buy a stock today, take a nap for 10 years and hope everything is okay when you wake up. Like those people do do gravitate toward the failure market because they believe you should not be doing it. So on one hand, you have a group that will readily make you aware of the fact that the failure rate is so high. And on the other hand, the group that wants to sell you something won't ever mention it. The messages you hear from that group are, no, it's easy. Anyone can do this with a basic education. We have this contraption, red light you sell, green light you buy, and you press this button and the money comes out and it's all for $199 a month. That's the message you get from the industry who wants you to buy something from them. So it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. So yes, this radio show was designed to tackle topics like this and to put them in their correct perspectives. All right. And so I love the fact, guys, that that many of you log into the radio show's chat room with me. Um, I see many comments already starting to flow through. I appreciate that uh, you make uh, the show very, very lively by doing that. And uh, Michael Ott says, I love trading, even on the bad days, which have more, <laughs> which I have more often than good days. And certainly you're, that's going to be your experience, Michael, um, for, for a while. And it's, an, it's a necessary experience. But I certainly, can, I certainly can relate to what you're saying, that I love trading. I loved it the moment, the moment... I placed my first trade ever. I loved it in ways that words fail to communicate. That I knew instantly that this activity that we call trading today was something that I was born to do. I felt it deeply within every fiber of my being. That for some reason, the 
picking up back in the old days <laughs> of a phone to place an order just made me feel great. The ability to buy and sell some of the companies that I did business with, the McDonald's of the world, the, the buying of a Coca-Cola, the wearing of Nike sneakers, and things of that nature just resonated with me. And I will tell you that if the bug has bitten you in ways the way it's bitten me, that love and respect will not diminish in any way whatsoever. If anything, it will increase. After 29 and a half, going on 29 and a half years of trading professionally, that is not 29 years of being bitten. It was bitten longer than 29 years. But 29 years of professionally doing this, all right, um, in 29 years, it's only increased my love and respect for the activity and my growth as a trader and as a market participant has never diminished as well. I continue to grow this very day. And that's one of the things that makes this activity so great. But despite all of these things, it is very difficult to make it in this business. Okay. And the message, as I was mentioning to you, that you are likely to fail because the failure rate is 92% is not one that you readily, readily hear within the industry. You hear it without the industry. But let's tackle some of the reasons why. Because that's the most frequent question I receive when I reveal to individuals who do not know this, that trading has a 92% failure rate. But, but why, Oliver? That's just incredible. I says, well, first of all, restaurants have, I think, a slightly higher failure rate or maybe very close to even. They're neck and neck. Trading and restaurants run neck and neck with their failure rate. But let's talk about some of the reasons. Let's tackle them one by one. And these are the these are this these reasons are some of the biggest. What we will go over today in this broadcast, or what I will go over today in this broadcast, is by no means exhaustive in nature. We have our own individual reasons. These are the, some of the universal reasons that affect almost every single trader. But then you have your personal reasons why. Failure might be your future in this industry. Okay? But these are the universals. So, one. The market, first of all, traders, is designed for you to lose. The market's very nature, the way it was structured, is for the vast majority to to be depositors, not takers. Think about this. If you, if you had a market where everyone could become takers, then who would be the givers for the takers? I mean, ultimately, if everyone took, 
there would be nothing left to take. So there would be an ultimate way to end the market's existence if the vast majority of people became the takers. So how do you create something that is almost guaranteed to survive forever and perpetuity, right? You design it in a way where people come in when the message is the water's warm, come in, the water's warm, and they come in with their deposit and they come in at the wrong time. But they come in when the message is encouraging. And they leave when the message is not encouraging. And when you set a system up this way, all right, where the message of the water is warm, come on in, is always off, then you create a system in which the vast majority will be depositors for the few that constantly have gotten to the place where they can constantly take. You see, the takers don't deposit. They take from the depositors. And what do I mean by a deposit, traders? It's simple. The opening up of your trading account requires you to make a deposit. Most people close that account at zero or somewhere close to it. The bigger accounts, a lot of people close them at 50% down or 80% down. So at the end of the day, if you have put $50,000 into a trading account and you leave with $10,000, you have made a $40,000 deposit. Someone has your $40,000. It didn't evaporate into thin air. A variety of people took that. And in order for the market to exist in perpetuity, in order for the market to continue to flow, the depositors must always be larger than the takers. If the takers even approached 50%, there would be the possibility of the market's doom, its end, its ultimate demise. So the market's very structure is designed to survive. And it can only do that by receiving its constant fuel so that it's never hungry. It never gets weak. And that fuel is your money. And so just by its very nature, you are likely to fail. By its very structure, you are likely to be one of the depositors and not the takers. 92% deposit, 8% take. And thank God, thank the gods that this is the way it is. That's what I say. 
Instead of looking at this in a very discouraging way, look at it. I encourage you to look at it the way I look at it. Think of this. Think of how lucrative this activity can be if you happen to be fortunate enough to make it into the 8%er group. It is wildly profitable. Think of the freedoms that you're offered. This activity would become completely commoditized if more and more people got it. That the profits available to you to make would not be there. Think of, think of a meal, right? A dinner shared, a robust dinner shared just by you. Now, think of that dinner shared by 2,000 people who want a bite of your dinner. So, if more and more people got it, if more and more people ate from the plate, the amount of food available to you and each of the other participants would diminish quite dramatically. It is lucrative because there is a 92% failure rate. There are big dinners to be had because this market is designed to produce losers, depositors. And so while this is true that the market is designed to produce losers, to produce depositors, it is something that should encourage you should motivate you even more to become one of the eight percenters because if you do, you will never go hungry. If you become one of the eight percenters, you will eat and you will eat well. But please understand that the numbers will never change. Do you understand this? The numbers will never change because the markets are designed to be this way. So don't think there's a way for more and more people to make it. No. It's always 92% deposit, 8% fail. I mean, I'm sorry, 92% deposit and fail, 8% take and win and, and, and win consistently. The other challenge today is one that exist that did not exist when I first began be, when I began my trading career and in a name it's called the internet and I had a brief discussion on periscope last night with some of my traders and followers we had a nice little 30 minute discussion on this last night and I talked about the fact that the internet, while it is a wonderful thing that has elements of empowerment in it, the internet bursts created in nineteen seven in the early nineteen seventies as a governmental as a as the US one of the US's govern, governmental ways of communicating in secret. 
burst on the public scene in the mid to late 90s, in the late 90s, I should say, 1990s. And in all of its powers, it has given the average individual a permanent voice. And this has got to be good, right? That today, anyone sitting from their bedroom or their living room or their dark, musty basement somewhere can create a permanent post that will never go away on the internet. They can express their ideas to people all over the world. The internet has given every single individual a voice to be heard and read long after they die. Now that's crazy. When you really think about that, that nothing on the internet ever disappears, it's mind-boggling. That it is possible for someone to read something that you post in a forum, if that forum doesn't go down, 25 years from now, 50 years from now, some of the naysayers and those who focus on hate and venom have recognized this and go out into the internet and spread all kinds of mistruths and misinformation. There is no check. There is no system of validating whether or not the statement is true or not. So the internet has given everyone, both saint and sinner, the same right, the same ability to be heard. The internet has given everyone a voice. And this is empowerment. And this has some wonderful elements at its core. But just like a two-edged sword, its benefit is also its problem. Because I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, traders and non-traders, I'm here to tell you that I am not a believer that everyone should have a voice. Oh, no. I believe that democracy is wonderful. It is not perfect, but it is a wonderful... Democracy is a wonderful structure. It has its holes like everything else. It has its Achilles heel like everything else. But it is the best thing that we have available so far, as far as I'm concerned. And I believe in democratic approaches and systems. However, that does not, be, that does not mean that everyone in the world should have a voice, that should have a soapbox. I believe that some people should just shut up. I believe that someone, some people shouldn't have a voice. That we can't have these blanket democratic things across the, because everyone's not equal. You know, you can't give a gun to every single person in the world. And I'm a gun rights person. I believe in protecting my family. I believe that everyone should have the right to protect their family, but that doesn't mean that everyone is responsible enough to have a gun. And this is where I differ with some of these, some of the fanatical views that every single person in the world should have a gun. And if that's the case, the world would be safer. No, I don't believe that. All right. You wouldn't say that every single child can carry a pocket knife, should carry a pocket knife. You know, and 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 
and it, it's just when you have these blanket views that ev- when everyone should, that's just dumb to me. It doesn't apply to any other area in your life. It doesn't make sense in your own household. One of your kids might be just a little more responsible than the other. So you don't allow the other to do certain things. It's not a blanket thing in life. Life is not that black and white. So no, everyone should not have a gun. There are some people who are so irresponsible that they're going to kill somebody that they don't want to kill. They're going to leave it around, leave it loaded for their children to play with. No, everyone shouldn't have a gun. But some people are responsible enough to have one. And as I mentioned last night, if you come into my home and threaten my family with some form of violence, the very last thing I am going to be reaching for is my cell phone to call an ambulance for you. But that is not the first thing I will be reaching for. So I believe in the democratic process. I believe in the rights for people. I believe in certain rights, but I don't believe those rights should be universal. Right? Some people should not have a voice. Now, because the internet, it's scary that some people have a voice. I mean, haven't you had a scenario where someone will not shut up, but the, it's the very person that needs to shut up? That hasn't been your experience at one point or another? That the, the one talking in the room the most is the one who knows the least the least educated, but thinks they know the most. And that person shouldn't have a voice right now. That person should sit down. That person should sit down. That person should shut up. (laughs) I'm just, that's just me. (laughs) That's just me, you know? And so here's the problem with the internet's empowerment ability to give everyone a voice is that today, unlike when I started, the beginner who really has a true desire to do this, to find the truth, it's almost impossible. Because how do you know today what's authentic or not? Because everyone has a voice. Everyone is out there saying, I'm the answer. Everyone's out there saying, you should do this. You should do that. Some people are saying, don't go there. That guy's a crook. Don't go there. That's a scam. Don't do this. This doesn't work. But come to me. I'm the guru. I'm the God. I'm the one. Everyone. So how does the beginner who knows absolutely nothing, how does the beginner sort through that? And determine what's real and what isn't. It takes 17 seconds to type a permanent post on the internet forever. It takes 17 years to become someone. It takes 17 years to build a reputation. It takes 17 years to build something of substance. But it takes 17 seconds to say something about those 17 years. It takes 17 seconds to punch a hole in it, to criticize it, to try to rip it down. So how 
how in that world does someone who comes to the market as fresh as a baby, who does not has has not been able to generate the ability to determine what is BS and what is not, what is false and what is real, what is authentic and what is fake? How does a person sort through that to arrive at the truth? No. You know how? Most people experience fake after fake after fake, false after false after false until they become one of the individuals who believe it's all just scam. It's all just false. No one can make money at this. The game is, is rigged. It is so hard to arrive at some substance today because the internet gives anyone the ability to post a pitch with a bunch of bullet points and a price on it. There's almost anyone today can publish a book. When I first published my first book, it was amazing that one of the the largest company in the world, a Fortune 100 company, multi-billion dollar firm, came to me and wanted me to write a book for them. I traded this company's stock. I couldn't believe it in a way. It was special. Today, the interest has given anyone the ability to write a book. So how do you sort through all the people who write books? Who's real and who's not? Who has true information to share with you that can change your life? That can make you better as a trader. It's hard. And mo- and because the vast majority is nonsense, the odds of you reaching success through the information available to you via the internet, via ebooks and things of that nature, the odds are close to zero. Now, when I talk to people like this, then, you know, they start to get a little discouraged. Well, then, then what's the answer? How do I judge? And I says, well, you can't judge cerebrally. I don't know how to say that word. (laughs) There is a cerebral process that you have been taught to apply to your choice making function. You've been taught that the mental process is superior to the heart process. And I believe that's wrong, especially today. The cerebral process demands that you take, that you compare bullet points, that you, all right, I'm looking at two specific services and this service has more bullet points than this service has. That's the cerebral process. That this page has more lines on it. So under the benefits column, the person who created this page on the internet wrote more lines under the term benefits than this page wrote on that page. So whoever wrote the the, the list under benefits on this website wrote eight benefits and the person who wrote the lines on this page wrote 22 benefits. This is the better approach. This is the better system. This is the better service. That's the cerebral process, bullet points and lines on a web page. Now, how ridiculous is that? That's not how you judge. We get it all the time. Someone calls and says, well, Oliver, you know, um, in your course, your, your manual is 300 pages, but I just saw somebody else's course. Their manual is 600 pages. I said, you gotta be kidding me, right? 
That's how you're judging the value of, 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 of someone being able to enlighten you about proper market play by how many pages in their manual? This is the cerebral process, and it's wrong because I can create a manual of BS that's 2,000 pages. Anyone can. Okay, so you can't go by the cerebral process anymore because the informant has given any, everyone the ability to post a page with lines on it. Okay, so what do you do? You have to go by what resonates with you, what resonates deeply in your heart. Man, every time I listen to this person, I get at a huge aha moment. Something connects with me. I don't know what it is, but this guy is speaking directly to me. Or every time I read one of this guy's books, my God, I feel like my life's been changed. Like something has to connect with you. But not just at a soundbite level. Something has to, has to touch your soul. Something has to connect with you deeply in an intellectual way. Something has to make you say, wow, I never thought of it that way. Wow, that was huge. Wait a minute, this, oh my goodness, this is what I was missing. Like you've got to go by that. But if you simply go by a webpage and how many lines under the benefits column it is, you are likely to be steered in the wrong direction forever. Forever. So today I say drop the cerebral process. You're looking for something who resonates with you? What resonates with you? What connects with you? That's what's right for you at this particular moment in your life because that can't be faked. That is authentic. Your soul is authentic. Your heart is authentic. Deep within you, if the, if the hairs on the back of your neck go up because you've just learned something that has hit you huge, that's caused so many different myriad pieces to instantly fall into place, that's for you right now. That may not be for someone else, but at this particular moment in your life and at this particular moment on your path and at this particular moment in your, in your point of development, this is right for you. When the student is ready, the teacher appears and you can only know what teacher that is by the hairs on the back of your neck, by your heart, by your soul, by the inner being responding to something. But if it's just, well, you know, this has eight lines on it and this one has 14 lines on it. I'm going with the 14 lines. That's not resonating with anything. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. But the Internet is one of those items that makes it difficult for the new entrant in the world of trading to make it. There's so many clamoring for your resources. <laughs> Adam, Adam Leonard is in the radio chat room. Thanks for being here, Adam. And Adam says, Oliver, years ago, my girlfriend and I bought some boating magazines. And Adam says, I bought the 
thicker magazine and she bought the one she liked the picture uh she liked the picture on one <laughs> he says my magazine had um uh he says my magazine adam you're saying had one six pages in it one printed over f- <laughs> so your magazine had had Six pages in it, one printed over 50 times. She got the better buy. <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious, Adam. You bought the thickest magazine. Yeah, you know, this is the cerebral process. She bought the picture that touched her. She bought the magazine with the picture that resonated with her, you know, <laughs> in some way. But yes, and so this is one of those items that the Internet's one of those items that serves as a two-edged sword. It is a wonderful item to use in respectful and uh, productive ways. It's truly amazing. But the giving of rights to everyone to um, express is problematic in many, many, many ways. You know, it's chaotic. It lacks structure in organization. There's no filter or process to have the best of itself float to the top, thereby eliminating the worst. And until that happens, it will continue to be an obstacle a big giant block that actually increases the failure rate. So the, in my world, when I first started as a trader, I did not deal with this. There was no internet being used back in the 1980s, not by regular individuals, at least you went to speeches You participated in Q&A sessions. It was all live. You shook people's hand. You had talks, forums. And over time, someone would resonate with you. And so I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to go out into the world in anything The way I buy products, I was discussing this last night on on Periscope, is through quality. I'm I'm a stickler for quality. I'm not a stickler for brands. I mean, I will buy a brand, but it has to be quality. Most brands don't produce quality. They produce junk. But so if I have a brand, it's because the I got the quality in spite of the fact that the quality happened to be a brand, but it's quality first for me. And something has to resonate from the quality. The product that I purchase has to feel like some special attention was put into it, that people's lives were dedicated to building this the right way. That that has to be felt. I've got to almost feel the souls of the people who put work in over the last two years to bring this to the market. I've got to feel that. It's got to hit me in a certain way. It can't feel cheap. It can't look cheap. It can't look like it was 
slipshodly put together and, and, and packaged and put a price on. And it can't do, I cannot, it will not get my money. So something has to hit me with the product that this is not just packaging. This is not just marketing. Look at how this feels. Look at how it looks. Look at how it sits. It has to speak to me. I do this in every area of my life. An author must stir my soul for me to buy it by by the book. You know, so I encourage that you do this. You go out there and because the world has become a test first world and purchase after world, and that's a good thing, I believe, that everyone allows you to test, to taste. And it's not the packaging you want, all right, with, a, with crap inside, great packaging but crappy product inside. It's something that touches you deeply. That can't be fake. And if it's just packaging, then that means, and nothing has touched you, but it sounds good, but nothing resonates with you. That's packaging. If the words on the webpage sound so amazing, but nothing hit you hard, that's packaging, that's marketing, you know, so I encourage you to do that. So we've tackled two things so far. The fact that the market is designed for you to fail. Designed to produce depositors. Because if everyone became a taker, it would cease to exist one day. And that the profit level would become commoditized to where the bite you got from the dinner that's being shared is shared by so many people that your bite can't possibly sustain you. But your share of the dinner. So in a sense, we don't want the market to be designed any differently. We want fewer people at the plate so that our share, if you happen to become one of the eight percenters, our share is healthy. And provides the appropriate amount of sustenance and more. All right. Secondly, we talked about just finished talking about the Internet and how as wonderful as it is and as empowering as it is. It gives everyone the ability to post a page and put a price on it. And so it's hard for the individual who knows nothing coming into this business with his starry eyes and great hopes for success to sort through and find quality and find authenticity, to find value because the person hasn't developed anything in the industry yet to, to be able to decipher. A person's a baby. A baby doesn't decipher. A baby can't decipher. So these things make it very, very difficult to survive to make it. They help the 92% fail. 
All right. Item number three. All right. Item number three. The fact that this activity we call trading demands that you first produce some level of self-mastery before there can ever be a hope for some measure of market mastery. That fact right there helps create the 92% who fail. You see, the vast majority of people are trying to remain the same person, to remain the same unknowledgeable, ill-informed, undisciplined individual, and they want to take that person into the market to take money away from the eight percenters. It's just not going to happen. This activity requires that you become someone different first and then you take that newer, better, improved person into the market to join the eight percenters. You have to change first before you see success. You have to master a part of yourself first before you can think about mastering the market. And why is it, traders, that the general industry's message is you don't have to change anything, that you don't have to become someone new, that you don't have to improve. All you have to do is buy this system. And make money. All red light, green light I buy, red light I, I sell, $1.99 a month. That's a message that you don't have to become anything. You don't have to go to work on yourself. You don't have to become more disciplined. You don't have to reach a level where you keep your word. You don't have to have an intelligent approach. All you have to do is buy this for $1.99 a month. Why is that the general message? Why is the general message if you buy this newsletter and follow me, you'll make money? That's a message that you don't have to become anything. You don't have to work on yourself. All right, do you follow what I'm saying? So the fact that what I'm saying is very true, the fact that before you can hope to see consistency in your trading, be, before there can ever be a hope of some measure of success as a trader, you have to almost be reborn. And it is this period of rebirth, this period of being rewired, this period of almost becoming someone different, someone better, Someone more authentic, someone more true, someone more disciplined, someone who keeps their word. I will not lose more than $300 on any given trade. I will only trade stocks between $40 and $80. I will not trade during the midday doldrums. I, you have to reach a point of being someone true first. Someone with a, a true method. 
a real approach that is applied consistently in a disciplined way. You are not born this way. You have to become this way. And it is not easy. How many people truly master themselves in life? In anything? How many people keep their New Year's resolutions? How many people keep their promises to their children? I mean, how many people are disciplined in any human endeavor, much less one of the most difficult human endeavors on the planet called trading? The very fact that you must first become a better you before you enter the market to try to be consistent there because it's required that you develop a level of discipline first, not after, first. Then you take this more disciplined individual into the market to be disciplined there. Because of that, this activity has a 92% failure rate because who, how many people want to really, really work on themselves? How many people really want to put the time in to become better? They'd rather the microwave approach. Let me take this pill. It's supposed to help me lose 20 pounds. Let me buy this auto system. It's supposed to produce profits instantly. All right. I had a friend who bought, um, watched the infomercial for P90X, I think it is, yes. And he got really moved by the infomercial and bought P90X. And it arrived one day, several days later. And um, like most things, it wound up on his somewhere in his basement somewhere collecting dust several years later he came to me very excited he said Oliver man this thing you know I need to lose a little weight here and you know I bought this amazing program and I'm like cool cool um, this is several years later now I bought this cool program um, listened to an infomercial Really got moved by it. And I said, okay, cool. What is it? This is P90X. The dude did not realize that he bought P90X two years ago and has it and he bought it again. <laughs> He's got two P90Xs that are unopened and unused. <laughs> Working on yourself. Putting the hours in is not easy. Most people don't want to put the hours in. Do you understand? Most people don't want to work on themselves. Most people want to come home, have dinner, 
sit on the couch, watch some TV, go to bed, and prepare for the same exact day tomorrow. They want mediocrity. They want the sameness. This is comfortable. The world does not rot very much. And they don't experience much pain in that type of existence because nothing in a mediocre life points to anything that needs to be changed. Nothing reveals your Achilles heels, the problems you should be working on. Mediocrity is comfortable. It's cushy. It's like a big, giant, soft chair that discourages you from getting up. And so, because this activity requires that you get out of that chair, because this activity requires that you turn that scope of attention onto yourself because this activity requires that you look within because this activity requires that you put yourself on notice that you are going to become something better and different because this activity requires that you first gain some measure of discipline because this activity requires that you first master certain elements of yourself before there can ever even be the start of consistency. Because of all of these things, we have a 92% failure rate. Because that's not sexy. That doesn't sell. Kasem here is... Thank you very much for participating, Kasem. Um, Kasem says, Oliver, uh, I fully agree that the discipline has to be there, but out of interest, do you feel the other eight percenters use your techniques or do you think there are also other successful techniques that even you have not come across yet? I don't believe that. I believe that I have the way to make money. And it is the same way that everyone else makes money. There's only one way. I know this might not sound true to you, but when you strip away all of the ribbons, when you strip away all of the packaging, we put packages around our things. Let's talk about the eight percenters, those who consistently go out there and make money. And let's say some of those eight percenters help others do the same thing for a fee. They're not going to do it for free. Who would? You wouldn't. All right. So they're going to put a price on it and they're going to package it and they're going to make it sound different from everyone else's approach that that happens to make money. But there's only one way to make money. Stocks and the markets go up and they go down and sometimes they go sideways. That's it. It's not like the market has 1,017 things that it does. It goes up and it goes down 
and sometimes it goes sideways, waiting to decide whether it was going to go up next or down next. Now think about this. There's only one way, and it is to sell higher than you buy and to buy lower than you sell. That's it. Think about it. Think about it. Every method that works is doing that. You're not buying and selling. You're consistently selling higher than you buy. Now, I know that might sound like I'm using a broad stroke that's too broad, and, but it's not. It's not. It is what Warren Buffett does. He just packages it with a term called value investing. What the heck is value investing other than you're buying something low and selling something high? More often than not. Everyone who's winning can call their approach value investing. It's just that that's the term that, uh, that's, that, that's more attributed to Warren, but Warren Buffett's a value investor. Dude, every winning market player is a value trader or a value investor. It's the only way to win. It's not multiple ways. Now, here's what can be different. There can be different flavors by which you buy low and sell high. But ultimately, if you are a winning trader, you're selling consistently higher than you buy. That's it. That's it. You know, most novices out there think that you should buy new highs. Professionals sell new highs. Why? If, if, and if, <laughs> if the way to make money consistently was to buy new highs, then the same, then the axiom would be more like, um, buy high, sell higher. But it's buy low, sell high. So to buy low, the interest must increase when markets decline. But that's when novices leave. And when markets go up, that's when professionals leave. But novices come in. So whatever it is that helps you get excited and get warm and get in on a decline and get a little bit nervous on rallies, whatever does that is the far more correct approach. But in reality, when you strip everything away, Whatever is consistently working is encouraging you to do one thing. To come in on declines and to get out on rallies of any size. All right. If you're an investor, it, you're doing it more like the Warren, Warren Buffett approach, which is the same thing. There's only one way you can win, and that is to consistently sell higher than you buy. And your odds are best to be buying low on declines, not on rallies. You're not buying low on rallies. So, guys, it's not rocket science. 
It's not rocket science. If the markets go up and then they go down and then 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 your odds of winning increase if you buy after the market has declined because if the markets go up and down, then what's after down? Up. What's after up? Down. There is no real other choice after up. It's not like there's four other possibilities after up. There's only one possibility after up. Now, someone can say, well, you can have more up. Well, wait a minute. No, I said after up. After up is finished. What's next? Down. After down is finished. What's next? Up. So your odds increase coming into the market after down and leaving after up. But the message is always come in after up. That's what creates the 92% of depositors. The message is always get out after down. All right, guys, I think I have one or two more items to discuss with you as to what helps create the fact that 92% of the people will never get this. I have one other item, and this is an item that I actually touched upon in a former radio broadcast. And it deals with support. You see, this activity we call trading is, a, is an individual pursuit. It is you and the market. And ultimately, when you reach a higher enough level, it's not even you and the market. It just becomes you. And because it's an individual pursuit, it is often a very lonely one. It's lonely because the odds are you're not going to have support. The odds are high that no one is going to be excited about what you're doing. That when this bug called trading bites you hard enough and it becomes a passion in your life, it is hard for others not to see that. And these others are usually your worst enemies when it comes to this pursuit. And these worst enemies, when it comes to your new passion and your new desire, these, these worst enemies are usually the people that you love. Oftentimes, your worst enemy when it comes to trading is the person you share your bed with. Oftentimes, the people who discourage you the most, who think that you're being stupid, who would love nothing more than you to, for you to drop this nonsense, are the people you share your dinners with, the people you share your homes with, and this makes trading so very difficult for most people. 
We're human social beings. And as a result, we need a certain degree of approval. We need a certain amount of love. We need a certain amount of encouragement. These things are the foods, the food items for the soul. But when it comes to this activity, the level of encouragement you're going to get is going to be extraordinarily low. It is rare when you have a family or a spouse that supports you 100% despite the fact that everything points to failure. Despite the fact that nothing is suggesting at this moment that you can do this. Yet that support goes on. That is extraordinarily rare. So if you have that, count your lucky stars. Give homage to the gods. Because you're one in several million. This is a lonely road. Your friends will ridicule you. Your family will discourage you. And this is one of the reasons why you will discourage you. <laughs> this is one of the reasons why I have put so much effort into building a community amongst my traders so that they develop a new family because it's that important. You should see my traders support each other. It is, it's touching. You should see them rally to the other's aid. You should see the true statement of no, I'm always using this, no trader left behind. You should see it in action in my world. To me, that is miraculous. That is special beyond what words can truly in capture. It's a wonderful thing to see. And I put a great deal of effort in building a community where they interact. They live part of their lives together. They're in the same boat. They're all like-minded. They have the same goal and there's a power in that. We're social beings. We need that. And trading is such an individual pursuit. It can lead to isolation that is not constructive. And so traders, these amongst other things, are what makes this activity so difficult. These are the hardships that are experienced by people that first enter into this world. The last thing I will say before I let you go that contributes to the 92% failure rate is undercapitalization, lack of capital. Business experts tell us that most businesses around the world fail for one reason and one reason only, the lack of the proper amount of capital. Most businesses fail because they do not have an appropriate amount of capital to go through hardships, to take a hit every now and then <clears throat> and outlive that hit, to have things that were planned 
to not go the way they were planned. You need resources to live through the ups and the downs. The mistakes are costly in the beginning of a business startup. And the lack of appropriate amount of capital to anticipate some of those rough patches and periods, most people don't do that going into business. They have just around enough money to open the doors. As if, in real life, you're going to instantly get this amazing flow of business coming through the doors just because you opened them. And you're going to survive from the business that comes through the doors. It's not going to happen most time, most of the time. So most businesses fail for not having the appropriate amount of capital. Trading is a business and therefore is no different. Even if you became skilled, developed, disciplined, having an inappropriate amount of capital will add additional challenges that would not be there if you had more capital. Most people are out there believing and thinking that they can come to the most sophisticated markets in the world, traded by some of the most intelligent people in the world, who have billions of dollars behind them, who would sell their mother before allowing you to take a dime from them. They think that with a small amount of capital, they can walk into that world and take food off of those people's table. It's the height of naivete. It takes money to make money at this game. And if you don't have enough, I am telling you, you're in the 92% group and will stay there. Until you find some way to get the appropriate amount of capital. We as a firm, I, years ago developed a way to, to fund every single one of my traders. This was a very, very important feat and did not exist in the industry. Before we did it, before we accomplished it. For years, my approach was to educate traders. For years and years, I educated traders. I was one of the largest educators in the industry. I flew all over the world to educate traders. I had the biggest, one of the biggest educational industries. I mean, one of the biggest educational trading firms in the entire industry. But something was missing. Many people who became educated, many people who became educated did, went out with that education with inappropriate amounts of money and still remained and still became part of the 92% for lack of the appropriate amount of capital. So, Today, we not only educate every single trader who walks through the door, I personally fund every single one of my trained traders. 
Now, before I do that, they have to demonstrate that the training has taken root, that they are starting to do something with that education, something with that training. That training never stops, by the way. And their demonstration is very basic. All they have to do is show me that they can generate $3,000 in net profitability without losing more than $300 a day on any given day and without losing more than $600 throughout any given week. You see, it's not the goal is not the $3,000. The $3,000 is a very insignificant amount. That's not the goal. The goal is to arrive at a $3,000 profit responsibly. That's the goal. Anyone can bring me $3,000, but can you bring it to me this way? Can you bring it to me responsibly and professionally like I teach you to? without ever really being in serious trouble. See, that's discipline. That's a pro. That's professional. That's solid. That's someone I can bank on. That's someone I can give my family's money to. They focus more on the responsibility of doing it correctly than, the, than shooting for the stars. You go through my training and you show me that you can achieve $3,000 over a three month period without losing $300 on any given day or $600 throughout any given week, you show me that and I'll give you the world. My name is Oliver Velez and I am your trader for life. Thank you so very much. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.